You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. <laughs> I don't even know what's going on. I, I don't even know how it works. I, I don't know anything, honestly. I'm just looking at the schedule. I see on the schedule, say, like, a trophy next to one of the games. I'm like, I feel like the trophy's supposed to be in you know, July. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. Of course, that's the soundbite you guys play because you're not into it like like I am. Who was that, by the way? I mean, if you pay attention to the league, it was Bones Highland. Oh, yeah, because, yeah, I'm going to recognize that voice. Yeah, you should. He's a good player, Bones Highland. I, I don't think I don't think I've put one prop bet down on him. I don't think that applies to this, but oh, okay. Oh, you should. Yeah, you should, actually. Do it tonight when he plays I, again. He doesn't, even know, he doesn't even know what's going on. Yeah, why would anybody? Yeah, so bet like, bet the under. Bet When he plays in an in-season tournament game, bet his under. There you go. He doesn't, he doesn't even know. I, I know more about this inaugural in-season tournament than he does. Go ahead. And, and this... he plays for the league. But doesn't that shouldn't that tell you how some of the players, not all of them, but some of the players look at this, that they don't care about it? So if the players don't care about it, why should we? Or more importantly, why if the players don't know about it, why should we care about it? Because as, as a, a spectator, um... And as 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 a gambler, I like it. I like it. One, I, one I li- thing I, that I, I like thought the of ad, the... I like the added dim- dimension to this. One other thing that I thought of in the break was, and I have to look this up. Mm-hmm. Do these games get like if you're going to an in-season tournament game? Like, let's say you're going to a game on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Does it cost more to go to this game as opposed to a game that's played on a Thursday? No. I don't believe so. I, I don't. I don't think the cost is more. No. Because if it is, then it's clearly a money grab. But that—that's something, and that should tell you. Because if you look at like an NBA playoff game, an NBA playoff game is more than the run-of-the-mill regular season game. But I, I will say this. Um, again, you know, I, I, I believe that you will not see load management happen on these Tuesday and Friday nights. So if you are going to a game, you know, I would be I would be more aggressive in 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 making it one of these in-season tournament games because you've got a better shot that your star players are not going to be rested. 800-919-3776. By the way, uh we got Joe Wiz who is going to join us in about 10 minutes with his picks and his plays. I've got a ton I'm up here in Bristol. I uh, was hosting Daily Wager earlier this morning on ESPN2 at 11 a.m., so I've got a ton of college football plays for you, and we'll dive into some NFL plays as well. So stay tuned for that coming your way in about 10 minutes. Uh, let's go to uh, let's go to Jose calling in from Brooklyn. Jose, good afternoon. Hey, good afternoon, Anita. Shout out to the company, and definitely wanted to chime in on the in-season basketball tournament because I definitely. 
I'm kind of excited for it. I'm kind of excited for the new concept. Oh, it is something new. It is something different. I was arguing with Harvey right right before we were right before I was on hold. So and uh, just say, just you know, I the reason I'm into it is because I think it, like I said, it's something new and it's something different, and it does look like it is gonna bring more attention to NBA, which I never have a problem towards because anytime there's more attention to different sports, it's, you know, interesting. It it creates a discussion and creates a narrative. And what I do find a little funny from Harvey and, you know, Joe, Joe's standpoint is, is sometimes I feel like, you know, we kind of get, get, get sucked into our own little echo chambers because I'm guilty of it as well. And, but, you know, just to hope that it's not that it's going to flop, you know, it reminds me of those people who were hoping that the World Baseball Classic was going to flop back, back when it was going to start. And that that's where I'm just like, you know, that that's where I'm just like, hey, come on. Like, if you're a true fan of sports and if you're a true fan of basketball, then there should be a little bit, there should be a, at least a little bit intriguing. You know, we don't have to take the, you know, popular consensus and, and scoff at everything new just because we don't understand it, because we're, we're it's something new. That's just my point. Jose, Jose, I'm I'm curious. I just I got a question for you for you before yeah. I let you go. Did you know that this was kicking off last night? Like when you watched the Knicks in the box, were you even a little bit more intrigued because of this in-season tournament and knowing that this is one of the games in their group? Did it move the needle for you at all? Um. It did kind of move the needle because when I started seeing the hype for it with the different courts, I thought it was kind of interesting. Some courts looked a little cooler than others, you know, because there were some that were like what Joe said, vomit-inducing. But um, it was something that did have me a little bit more intrigued. I I definitely was more upset when the Knicks lost because of the fact that, you know, my expectations for the Knicks is to – possibly be one of those top three teams in the Eastern Conference and if you're going to be one of those teams you have to sneak you have to win again you have to win when you're up in the fourth quarter against Boston you have to win when you're up against you know the Bucks in the late late fourth quarter you have to close those games out and when they didn't you know it, it, it did get me a little bit upset it is just a regular season game from a big picture standpoint but yeah I did did understand that this was going to be the first you know pool play loss you know from from this in-season tournament. And something, and for Harvey, a soccer fan, I'm a little disappointed that he's taken this narrative too. So, yeah, thank you guys. <laughs> Jose, thanks for the phone call. Appreciate it. Listen, I don't think a lot of people, A, know about this, B, knew that it was kicking off last night. Let's go to Antoine in New Jersey. Antoine, welcome in. Hey, Nita, how you doing? Shout out to Mama Mia, you heard? <laughs> thank you, my friend. All right. I wanted to talk about the in-season tournament. I think it's really dope. I think uh, I think what the NBA is doing is they're catering more to the uh, younger crowd with the uh, you know the NBA 2K24 game because if you ever played that game, there's certain modes where they change the colors of the court. You know, so I think that the the NBA is like ahead of the game because they're securing their future as far as you know getting fans, which is something baseball is not able to do, you know, and I think with the NBA, they're constantly evolving, you know, so if you're watching an NBA game, it's not like a baseball or football game where you're just going to keep seeing the same moves. 
I mean, at any point in time in an NBA game, you can see something you've never seen before, you know, i.e. the God Sham God move. That was in a uh, college game, you know. He's remembered forever just from one move he did in a college game, never had a great NBA season. But if you talk to anybody in the NBA that handles the rock, they know who God Sham God is. You know, he's iconic. Jeremy Lin only had a little bit of a run where he did great, but iconic, you know. So with that being said, even with the small in, in-season tournament, you know, you might have iconic situations that may come out of this because now these guys are playing a little harder. You know what I'm saying? And for the last few years, you know, I've been hearing a lot of analysis and radio personalities that all they do is complain about how uh, dull the the season is and how everything starts with the playoffs. Well, if you want them to change that or if you want that to be different, then you got to try different things. So when they try different things, don't be so quick to just, you know, say, oh, oh this is terrible or nobody's going to watch. You know what I mean? The kids are watching. Trust me. You know, these kids, my kids are 20, 19, and 18. They know all about the in-game tournament. I tell you what they don't know, who won the World Series. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So yeah, I that's you. what keeps I mean, NBA great. Yeah, Antoine, thanks for the phone call. Appreciate it. Um, yeah, man, what a what a big flop the World Series was. Yeah? Oh, man. Was it? What do you mean, was it? We saw history who? in the World Series. I, listen, I, listen, I watched the World Series, but again, I gamble on the World Series. So... I watched it. Also, um, I loved the Arizona Diamondbacks coming into the season. My favorite, my number one prop bet was um, over over their win total, making it into the postseason, making it into the playoffs. So I was a big fan of Arizona. I watched them as much as I could, not not that often, but when I when they were on and when they were playing, and when I had the ability to watch them, I did. So, but like, sorry, not sorry, Arizona and the Rangers don't move the needle, Joe. Don't move the needle. Well, if you watch the World Series, you saw something that's only happened three other times prior, and that's a guy winning the World Series MVP multiple times, and Corey Seager has become a superstar because of this World Series. Not to take anything away from it. Yeah, but but how many people witnessed that? How many people watched? Like, it didn't – the World Series wasn't uh, appointment television, unfortunately. I will give you that. It wasn't, but – To say that from, and I don't know if the callers, children, or baseball fans, but to say that they don't know who won the World Series, maybe they are not baseball fans. But to basketball fans, which I am one, this is extremely gimmicky. Can you at least try to make it not as gimmicky? And if you really want to make it something serious and, and you want to prove that you take it as seriously as you do, Put the championship game on a day that you own, which is Christmas Day, which people in the NBA actually want to play on Christmas Day. The caller was talking about an iconic moment. Well, iconic moments happen on Christmas Day in the NBA. Wake me when an iconic moment happens in this in-season tournament. Here's another thing, Joe. I think it's I think it's new. I think it's it, I think it's a lot getting used to. I think the caller made a very good point in regard to, uh, you know, the video games that are being played and in the way that again the NBA is is uh, is is really um, 
what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm at a loss for a word I'm trying to find. Uh, but by changing the color of the court, cool uniforms. Being innovative, maybe, or di- uh, yeah. like different, but... And I get the, that the, the way that they're rolling it out, and, and, and again, like I, I personally, I, I think the new, the different uniforms, the changing of, of the court, I think is is to uh, give the viewer who you know might be sitting at a, a sports bar and look up and say, oh, the court's blue tonight. It's one of those in in season tournament games. You know what I mean? Like, so so you're making the feel and the look of the game look different, so that the viewer and the fan knows it's a special night. Which I, I think is is really smart on their on their behalf. Just my two cents. I don't mind that, but can we just make it more visually pleasing than you know the net game that a lot of New Yorkers were subject to last night, and how disgusting that court looks? <laughs> uh, let's take one more call before we take a break. We got Joe Wiz who's going to be joining us next. Let's go to uh, Jason in Queens. Jason, welcome in. Hi, Anita. How are you? Great, thank you. Hello. Yeah, you're up. Go ahead. Hey, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, I just wanted to say uh, I'm not a big fan of the, the NBA in-season tournament. Um, I just think that the the prize is not big enough. I think if maybe they went to something like the winner getting a lottery pick, if they weren't getting one that following year, or if they did get a lottery pick, maybe they could move up like five or six picks because they won the, in, the in-season tournament, maybe something like that would get the fans a little bit more excited because right now I just think money really gives the fans no interest in Rudy. Like it's really nothing. Um, I, I don't think you're going to get a banner for this or anything like that. And um, I, what I wanted to say also was that I think this would make more sense in baseball. If, if um, you do something like this, let's say in June where you get like four different sites, and put like eight teams in each site and do like a, you know, like a college basketball type tournament where one loss and you're out. And then the winner of the whole thing could get like the eighth seed in the, in the playoffs. And if that team ends up making the playoffs already, then, you know, it wouldn't come into effect, but I think something like that would get the, you know, the fans going crazy. Interesting. Interesting food for thought, Jason. Appreciate the call and, and love the discussion. Um, you know, obviously a wide variety, vast variety of, of, of feelings in regard to this. I think it's new. I think it's something we got to get used to. Uh, but I, I, I like the direction that it's headed. I just do. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, 
doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. Joe Wiz joining us here on 98.7 ESPN. He's got his own gambling show. And back on Friday nights, right, Joe? Yeah, so far so good. We're on Fridays at midnight, Saturday mornings at 7 a.m., and tomorrow we're kicking off week nine. It's hard to believe. Week nine at 6 a.m., right before your fantasy show, Anita. So hopefully uh, we can build a momentum tomorrow early and go right into the uh, big big slate of games tomorrow. I love it. I love it. All right, so um, so let's start with some college football, and uh, and let's start with Alabama and uh, and LSU. I'm on the Alabama side here. I, to me, you give Nick Saban uh, a bye week, and so you give him two weeks to prepare for you. Watch out. Uh, you're toast, buddy. Also, LSU and their defense dealing with some injuries. Curious, are we on the same side here? Uh, no, we're not. Um, you know, LSU, Alabama was very fortunate needed two weeks ago to beat Tennessee. They were trailing that game 20-7 to at halftime, and uh, Tennessee isn't the great, best team here. And I know Alabama's only had one loss this year. They lost to Texas 34-24. But this LSU offense is clicking on all cylinders right now. And, uh, you know, Nick Saban knows much as his accolades are with all the trophies he's gotten. Brian Kelly, you know, he can get some redemption here. He's, he has two losses to Florida State and to Ole Miss. But, uh, um, I think here, uh, you know, the quarterback edge here clearly goes to Jalen Daniels. He's fourth in the nation in passing with 321 yards per game. And uh, when you look at it here, LSU leads the nation in scoring of 47 points per game. Anita, if Alabama has a shot to win this game, they're going to have to keep it a low-scoring affair. If it's a high-scoring game like it was last year when LSU won in Baton Rouge 32-31, I think it could, you could see the same results here. I'm taking the LSU. I think they're the better team. I know their defense is a bit suspect, but I don't think Alabama can keep up with them on the offensive side. Okay, we're on opposite sides. Interesting. Iowa going up against Northwestern. Iowa on the road, favored by 5.5. The over-under is 31.5. Joe, what's your play here? Yeah, a lot of people aren't paying attention to a game like this with the uh, Iowa Hawkeyes and Northwestern Wildcats. This game's being played on a neutral site. Um, it's being played at Wrigley Field. And this is the neither the total of this game opened up at 29.5. It's at 31 right now. That game and the Air Force Army game, which goes today, uh, both totals are some of the lowest totals I've seen all season long. But five of the last six meetings between Iowa and Northwestern have gone under the total. And uh, the scores have been 17-12, 21-20, 20 to nothing, 14-10. Um, I'm going with the total to go under this game here. Um, I think whoever scores first might win this game. Play under, under 31 between Northwestern and Iowa, and uh, not interested in laying any points with the, with the Hawkeyes either. Small play on the Cats. Miami, the Hurricanes on the road, uh, North Carolina State, NC State. Uh, the Hurricanes favored by 60. Over-under is 44. What are you doing here, Joe? Anita, I don't trust Miami Hurricanes. Um, you know, ever since they've had that debacle uh, when they didn't take the kneel down against Georgia Tech, it seems like this team has just not responded for Mario Cristobal and the head coach. Um, you know, I'm taking the dog here. I'm taking the home dog plus seven. The line six, um, I bought a point, and I'm taking uh, the Wolfpack plus the seven to keep it respectable against Miami. It wouldn't shock me if they won the game outright. Right, right. All right. Well, I'm going to throw a few uh, college football games your way. See if you uh, see if you're on on my side on any of them. If you like them, uh, I'm on Oklahoma State 
And also, I like the over. Cowboys have won and covered four of their last. Uh, they've won and covered four of their last uh, straight games. And I, I don't think that Oklahoma is going to be able to, to stop Gordon, their running back, who's got 10 touchdowns on the season. Also, I'm going to lay the big points at Michigan. I think they're out to make a statement at the big house today saying we can win without even stealing signs. So they've got one of the best offenses in college football. So I'm going to lay, I think it's a big number. I think it's like 32, 33 and a half. Um, also, I like the over in the Georgia-Missouri game. Um, this is a Missouri team. Their wide receiving core is pretty explosive. They put up 34 points against South Carolina, their last game. And you know we're going to get at least 40 by um, by uh, by Georgia. So those are those are three of my favorite games that I'm playing. Any of those you like? Yeah, when you take a look at the Oklahoma-Oklahoma State game, the uh, Sooners have dominated the series against the Cowboys. But, you know, Oklahoma, like I said, they, they haven't been playing that well um, ever since that one big win over Texas. However, you take a look at it here, and I'm looking at the line in this game here, and I always pay attention to the line uh, this part of the day, especially uh, mid-afternoon and same thing on Sundays, right, like an hour before game time. Sometimes the lines tell you where to go with the game. See, this line is dropping. It's down to five. A lot of smart money is coming in on the dog, despite Oklahoma having the higher ranking the game being of much more importance. Um, I would take the Cowboys in that game. Um, uh, I would take them plus six on uh, Oak State. As far as the Michigan game, I'm not interested in laying that many points here. Maybe take a look at the total of that game and play under. But, you know, you got to wonder how Michigan's going to respond. You know, these are kids playing, and no matter how much harbor, you know, it's a distraction. So I'm always leery about laying points, especially in a scenario like that. And uh, the third game I think you had mentioned was which, which game was that? Over with Missouri and Georgia. Oh, yeah, I do agree with that game. Missouri has gone over, scored 30 or more points in every game this year except for one. And Georgia goes over all the time. Uh, so, yeah, I think that's going to be a high-scoring game. All, well, Missouri throws the ball every down, and um, I think that uh, Georgia's going to have a field day running, uh, be able to uh, put the ball up in the air. It should be up-and-down contest. Total's 55. I do agree on the over there. All right, uh, Joe is joining us here on 98.7 ESPN. Let's turn our attention to what's going on in the NFL. Bright and early tomorrow morning, we got a good one. I love this slate of games this week, right? Because bright and early, 9.30 in the morning, we got Miami and Kansas City, 1 o'clock. I think the premier game is Seattle and Baltimore because I love those two teams. I think those are the two teams that potentially could win their divisions. Then later on in the afternoon, we got Philadelphia and Dallas. And then at night, we got Cincinnati and Buffalo. So never a dull moment all day long tomorrow in the NFL. But let's start with Miami and Kansas City. Kansas City favored minus one and a half over there in Frankfurt, Germany, over under is 50. How are you playing it? Yeah, when you take a look at it here, the Miami Dolphins, um, they're 6-2, and two, but, you know, they're two wins. They, their wins have not been that impressive. They're two wins over New England, right? New England isn't good. They beat the Giants. They beat Carolina. They beat Denver when Denver wasn't good. And they had the surprise win a uh, week one when they won in L.A. at SoFi against the uh, Chargers. But Chargers may not be that good. We'll find out on Monday. Um, they failed in the two big tests so far. At Buffalo, they lost, and at Philadelphia. And Jamie Ramsey's back from Miami, but I always thought he was old. Overrated anyway. Um, we're going to give the Kansas City Chiefs the defending Super Bowl champs the best quarterback ever, perhaps Mahomes a pass from last week's performance against Denver. Um, I'm taking Kansas City's game, I think, at minus one. The difference in this game, Anita, is the defense. And everyone always thinks that Kansas City's are in their high ranking, in their high scoring. They shut teams down, and that's how come they win. Um, and um, I think that they're going to rebound here. Uh, I, like, uh, I like the better defensive team. Uh, Kansas City minus one uh, is my play in this game. 
Like I said, later on the afternoon, Dallas going up against the Eagles. The Eagles favored by three. The over-under is 47. Boy, Dak Prescott looked good last week. How are you playing this one? Yeah, Dak Prescott looks good some weeks, and then other weeks he doesn't look that good. I'm not sure exactly what to think about him's performance against the Rams because Rams' defense isn't that good. Rams lost at home to the Pittsburgh Steelers, and Pittsburgh's offense is very anemic, as you know, but yet the Pittsburgh Steelers were able to get a win uh, against the Rams in SoFi. When you take a look at it, Dallas has dominated this series. They've won seven of ten meetings against the uh, Eagles. The last three games have gone over the total, um, and you know if the Eagles are going to want to win this game here, I, mean, I think they're going to have to shut down Dallas, and that's not going to be easy. Um, I think that this game here has a uh, history of going over. As, like as I mentioned, the last three meetings have gone over. Last year, Philly won in this field 26-17. Dallas won in Dallas, but that was when Hurts was not playing in that game. Uh, they won 40-34. to uh, An important game for both teams. Philly's defense, not as good as it was last year. Either. As we saw last week, and the Commanders putting up 31 points against the, command, against the Eagles. I think that this game uh, totals a 47. I think both of these teams go up and down the field, and the weather going to be conducive uh, with the weather outside. I think I'm going to play the total in this game. I'm going to go over the total, over 47. All right, last but not least, I talked about this with Jordan Renan earlier, and that is the Giants getting no respect, I tell you. The Raiders fire everyone, pretty much. Bench Jimmy Garoppolo, but they're still favored by two. It's two now. It was one and a half earlier today. It's two. The over-under is 37 and a half. Uh, What's your play here? Yeah, when you take a look at it, the Giants, you know, last week, I mean, I'm sh- everybody beat that game up already, so there's no reason to talk about that anymore. But Brian Dable was a coach of the year last year, and it's just so disappointing that he didn't go for a fourth and one. That was what turned around, turned the season big when he went for it right, right in the opening week last year when he got one at Tennessee. But uh, when you look at it here, I'm not sure what to think of the Giants. They scored 10, 14, and 9 points in the last three games here. I'm not going to trust a rookie quarterback in Aiden O'Connell who's going for the Raiders. There's such dysfunction. I know Antonio Pierce takes taking over the helm for the Raiders, but the Giants got to win this game here. Um, I think they have the wrong team favored here. I took the Giants on the money line. Not that there's much disparity, whether you're taking plus one or the money or a plus two, um, but I think the Giants, um, Daniel Jones is back. Um, I think... Uh, Saquon's going to have a good game. Raiders defense can't stop anybody, and the Raiders offense has struggled, even with Garoppolo, and I don't think Aiden O'Connell's going to be any better than him, so I'm going with the big blue, and I'm going to cover all the games tomorrow for week nine. We kick it off at 6 a.m. tomorrow, and of course, um, I do have a play on that Cincinnati Buffalo game. It's on my Twitter feed, Joe with Sports, so anybody want to get a jump on that game, just follow me on Twitter, Joe with Sports, and uh, hopefully we can make some money. Anita, we got some horse racing today. College basketball, there's over 100 games on Monday. How about that? 21 of the nation's top 25 teams are in action on Monday. I'm so excited. <laughs> it's a lot going on. Breeders' Cup, of course, is what Joe is referring to. Joe, always great having you on. Have a great show tomorrow morning. Thank you. You got it. Joe Wiz, uh, of course, brought to you from Bet Rivers and back on, on Friday nights as well as Sunday mornings as well as Saturday nights. So make sure you check him out. Um, let's do this, guys. Let's take the call really quick because we've got Chris Rim, who's going to be joining us to do a deep dive into the Chargers coming your way next. Let's go to Rob in Connecticut. Rob, welcome in. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. 
Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Anita, first time, long time. Um, I just have a quick question. Uh, is it worth betting Notre Dame money line right now in the second half? I think they're down eight. I uh, just want to hear your thoughts. Yeah, I, I liked Notre Dame coming into this matchup. Obviously, Clemson um, went up quickly uh, to, to, of course, start this match, uh, this game. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, it looks like Notre Dame has regained the momentum. Why not? Again, I liked Notre Dame coming into this matchup to begin with. So, yeah. Um, yeah, it, it's something I would do. I, I, I love in-game betting as well. It's so fun. Uh, great way to make some money. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. Welcome back to 98.7 ESPN. We are talking Jets and Chargers. So let's have the beat reporter join us who covers the Chargers for, of course, ESPN. Chris Rim joining us. Chris, welcome in. Great to have you on. Um, Man, what a season it has been. Uh, Just so you know, I picked the Chargers to pull the upset and win the division over the Kansas City Chiefs this season. And let me tell you something. If ever there was a year, this is the year, in my opinion, because offensively is not what's driving the Kansas City Chiefs, right? Like they've been struggling, especially in the passing game. I really wish that the Chargers uh, would have started the season a lot stronger than they have. Um, Their season so far in a nutshell, what would you say to that? A mess. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. uh, That's how I would describe it. It, uh, it's, It's fluctuated from good to bad. There's been moments where you see the team that, that that a lot of people like you saw with the potential of maybe this being the year the Chiefs maybe don't look their best. Maybe the Chargers can take that step after, you know, a tough playoff loss. They look like they got better, but they, you know, appear to be the same team. I think the issue, the biggest issue with the Chargers so far this season and, and from watching them is they haven't put together a game where they play complementary football, where the offense, the defense, and special teams plays well at the same time. It's always one group plays well, one group struggles, and then they're in a shootout or they lose. Or That's why every game comes down to the final seconds because like offense played well for a little bit, then defense played well. So if they can find a game against the Bears, they did that for the first time this year where they put together a game where everyone played well. So the more that they figure out how to do that, then I think the closer they'll get to the ceiling that everyone sees them having on paper. Yeah, I mean, listen, they, they've lost to some really good teams, right? The Dolphins, the Cowboys, the Chiefs, we're all expecting them to make it into the postseason. They beat the Vikings, the Raiders, and, of course, this past week, the Bears, 30-13. to 13. They're sitting with a 3-4 and four record, and now they come to New York to take on the Jets, who have a very, very good defense, that's for sure. So, 
Let's start first and foremost uh, with Justin Herbert. Three touchdown passes against the Bears last week, but obviously uh, the Jets' defense, a lot more difficult than the Bears. What are you expecting from Justin Herbert, and, and what needs to happen in order for this offense to have success against a very good Jets' defense? Yeah, Herbert actually, before that game against the Bears, he was having – one of the worst three game stretches of his career after playing with that fractured left middle finger on his non-throwing hand and against the bears, he he took off the glove that he normally wears and he had a split on, on that hand, on that finger. Well, he's always had the split, but he just played with the split instead of the glove. And he said that didn't have much of an impact, but where, where I saw the difference in the bears game and what changed for the chargers offense was Austin Eckler. They, they, you know, Justin came into the game averaging 8.4, I think 8.4 air yards per throw. But that night he was, you know, around, I think he was around three, uh, according to next gen stats from what I, what I wrote. And a lot of that was the Chargers ran a bunch of screens, uh, a bunch of passes to Austin Eckler behind the line of scrimmage. And he took, he scored the first points of the game, taking one, you know, going along for a score. So this offense looks how it's supposed to look when Austin Eckler is playing well. And he was injured. Um, from week one until uh, week six, and then he wasn't himself until that Bears game. And they they really made it a point of emphasis, Brandon Staley said, to get Austin involved. And against the Bears, that worked. So against the Jets, a much tougher defense, a defense that, as Robert Sala said, has embarrassed all the good quarterbacks they've played. They'll need Austin to to be that safety and security blanket for, for Justin Herbert, you know, to get those checkdowns and to take those for seven, eight yards or scores. And that could be a, a difficult uh, task because the Jets have only allowed, and I'm sure you know this, one rushing touchdown to opposing running backs this season, Chris. Just one. So that could be difficult. But yet at the same time, the Chargers only allowing running backs to average 3.6 yards per carry. And Brees Hall has been the straw that has stirred the drink offensively to help Zach Wilson keep defenses honest. And he has limited his turnovers. So... Um, your thoughts on this Chargers defense and and how you think that they will be able to contain Brees Hall if at all? Yeah, I think I think that if there's one thing that I expect from the Chargers, I would say that their run defense has been good this year, and I expect it to continue to be that way. Their de defensive line has played really well, and you know, playing against Tony Pollard and. You know that I guess that that you know Derrick Henry. You know they they've really stood up well against backs that you might expect them not to. The thing with the Chargers is, and I put this in my in my bold predictions. We do a bold prediction every week uh, for each game. I actually said that Garrett Wilson would have 150 receiving yards because the the way to beat the Chargers is is to throw the ball. That that's what's worked for every team that's played them. I think uh, Patrick Mahomes and the and the Kansas City they you know, just seem to find the middle of the field, Travis Kelsey, every, every single play and week after week teams have been able to get whatever they want against this past defense. And granted, Zach Wilson has struggled and, and, you know, I've seen enough of that and enough of the highlights to know that, but the Chargers past defense is allowing the, the most yards in the NFL per game by about 34 yards. And they just, and Garrett Wilson's one of the, the better receivers in the NFL. So I think this would be a game where, the Jets and Zach Wilson look the passing game looks better than it has been. And maybe Brees don't want to say he has a bad game, but maybe not as dominant of a game that he's been having because they're doing so well passing the ball. And maybe he catches passes out of the backfield. So here, here's something interesting. 
Um, so the Chargers, first of all, the Chargers are one of the best first half teams in the NFL. They're scoring touchdowns at a 38% rate, second best to the Miami Dolphins in the first half. So uh, to me, that screams game script, right? Um, because your, your first, what, 16, 17, 20 plays are scripted. Um, number two, they are fourth best in the red zone, scoring touchdowns at 67%. Meanwhile, the Jets are the worst team, Chris, <laughs> scoring touchdowns in the red zone at only 26%. I, 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 think, I think these statistics and these trends are going to come into play here. Why do you feel that the Chargers are so good in the red zone? Just because there are so many weapons and so many options Herbert has to work with? Yeah, I think they get really creative in the red zone with with new offensive coordinator Kellen Moore. Sometimes they might get too cute down there <laughs> sometimes, but they 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 run a lot of different sets or different looks at defenses. And oftentimes they'll go to a, a Donald Parham or, a, or Gerald Everett or or, you know, someone you might not expect. Right. Instead of Keenan Allen's go, going to get his, of course, but sometimes it's not the ball's not going to him. The, the play might be for someone else. So they've been effective for, for that reason that Kellen Moore has is really creative down there. And then Justin Herbert obviously is really effective at really throwing the fastball. Cause in the red zone, you have really all the windows are, you know, almost minuscule from what they are normally. So Justin often you'll see him in the red zone, throw these passes that are like, feel like a hundred mile an hour fastballs that, that go by defenders hands. And that's another reason why they've been so effective down there. It's uh, it's I think that that trend for both teams, I think, is, is really going to come into play. Um, I, I know you you had a column, you had a story in regard to what happened with J.C. Jackson. Why don't you talk about this this Chargers secondary and in what that was about? Yeah. So the Chargers, you know, signed J.C. Jackson uh, last offseason to the, you know, the eighty two point five million dollar deal over five years. But third most guaranteed money that offseason given to a player. And then they traded him a few weeks ago during the bye week for, you know, essentially the lowest value you can get for a player, a sixth and a seventh round pick. And he was supposed to be, they, they, they have stars on the on the defensive line, Khalil Mack, Joey Bosa. They have safety, Derman James is a star. And, and Jackson was supposed to be that star in, in the cornerback group, you know, a guy who, t- who gets takeaways, but he just wasn't that for them. And uh, he's and in the story on ESPN.com, I write about the behind the scenes and kind of what happened and, and how that all unfolded. Now that Jackson's been gone, the, the secondary hasn't been much better. Uh, Michael Davis and Asante Samuel Jr. start outside and Jocelyn Taylor plays the slot and they still struggled. But the Bears game was their best game this season. So against the Jets, you know, the, it'll be the first time this season they'll have an opportunity to put you know back to back good performances together as a secondary. Uh, Chris, before we let you go, let's get your score prediction here. Who do you think is going to win? How do you think this is going to play out? Game script. Uh, the Jets, they are home dogs. They're getting three and a half. The over-under is 40 here. How do you see this game playing out, Chris? I would go 21-17 Chargers. 21-17 Chargers. So, and, I, and I think it so- goes – Oh, sorry. Don't want to cut no, no, you no, 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 no. That's okay. So, yeah. so, so. With that being said, uh, you're, you know, take the Jets with with the points, especially with the hook at three and a half. Yes, for sure. And I and 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 I think the game, you know, I think the Chargers get out early, and then the the Jets slowly reel them back in, and then time just runs out on the Jets. 
Interesting. Well, I know you're headed to our wonderful city, the Big Apple from uh, from the West Coast. So uh, whatever you do here, please enjoy yourself and please know how much uh, we appreciate having you here on 98.7 ESPN. Thank you, my friend. Thank you. You got it. Um, all right. We got a nice look behind the uh, the curtain in regard to what's going on with the Chargers. Uh, let's take your calls. 800-919-3776. Your thoughts. Big Monday night football game. Chargers, Jets. Let's dive into it next, right here on 98.7 ESPN. Tired of ads interrupting your favorite sports podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts. Enjoy shows like First Take, Pardon the Interruption, and The Low Post, available ad-free and uninterrupted. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or go to Amazon.com slash ESPN pods. That's Amazon.com slash ESPN pods to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. Uh, gentlemen, one thing we did not talk about is the scandal that's happening in Ann Arbor with Michigan. So uh, this just out, disciplinary action. This is uh, 24-7 sports um, is reporting that uh, Jim Harbaugh, head coach of uh, Michigan football, uh, is um, – going to more than likely um, get some suspension expected. So uh, if, if you if you don't know what happened here, there was a staffer, quote-unquote an anal- uh, uh, analyst, that's what they're calling him. Really, from what I understand, he was just a super fan. His name is Connor Stallions, and he was caught stealing signs on – from from the sideline of, of a lot of other teams. And, um, boy, uh, they've got a lot on him. And here's another thing. Did you guys see this? Like, he used his own Venmo account. Like, he bought tickets in his own name. Like, he was just, first, he went rogue. And it was like, and he was out there like, he was like, there's, there's no shame in his game either. He was out there like, he probably thought he, he wouldn't get caught. Or maybe he wasn't thinking at all. But... You're doing some shady stuff like this. Use an alias. Like, what do you like? What? And then, and then, the games that he could not go and film, he paid other people to go film v- through Venmo, via Venmo. This whole the story is: if you have an opportunity, dive into it it's 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 really it's interesting that this guy uh Connor Stallions is was just so arrogant that he didn't even try to cover anything up now you could sit back and you say listen Anita this stuff happens all the time okay you know what you're right but maybe to not this extent this is like you know it's kind of like you know when um <laughs> when um when the 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 patriots were alleged were caught right even though the tapes were i don't know what what happened to those tapes were they burned what happened uh, when the patriots were were caught stealing signs um you know do 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 teams in the NFL steal signs? Yes, but it's just you know the Patriots push the envelope further than any other team in the NFL. 
you know, they just do. And and I think you know you can I think you could use that analogy with Michigan. Do, do other teams steal signs? Yes, but to the extent that Michigan went to steal signs, uh, probably not. Probably not. So just FYI, Michigan does play today. I want to say the the, the line is like thirty something. I think I think Michigan and they're in Ann Arbor. They're at the big house. I think they come out on fire. And um and I think they they light up Purdue, but expect some suspensions to come down on Harbaugh, and and I think and also there's more and more investigation happening here. I think we're going to hear more about this. Uh, the uh, the guy Connor Stallions uh, gave in his resignation yesterday. Uh, he has an attorney hired as an attorney. The attorney came out and his statement was that. Uh, Harbaugh and the other coaches were not aware of what was going. Yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah, like, I'll believe that. There's pictures of him on the sideline next to Harbaugh holding the, whatever, the stealing sign sheet. This whole thing is just, it's, it's unbelievable. It really is. All right, we just have, again, we've got about two minutes left in the show. Let's get you up to speed. I told you to lay the points with the 76ers. Hopefully you did. Uh, they're up 82 to 76 uh, with 10 minutes left in the game. So hopefully we will have helped you win some money there. Right now, Ohio State up on Rutgers, 21 to 16. Texas and Kansas State all tied up at 27 with 13 minutes left in the fourth. Hey, now. A&M losing to Ole Miss. Ole Miss is up 31-29. to 29. Again, about 12 minutes left in the fourth. And uh, and we've got eight minutes left in the fourth as well. Clemson up 31-23 against Notre Dame. Clemson has the ball. Hopefully if uh, that one caller who called in who was like, should I play? Should I take them in game? Yeah, why not? I like Notre Dame coming in. We'll see. Again, still eight minutes left in that game. We'll see what happens there. Uh, Florida up on Arkansas 23-20. 23-20. Uh, with Florida up on Arkansas and uh, Indiana beating Wisconsin, Michigan State over Nebraska, uh, just to name a few. Some really good games later on today. Again, my best bet, and it was on Daily Wager, was Alabama. I'm going to play Alabama minus 2.5 against LSU. Big reason why. You give Nick Saban two weeks to prepare for anyone, watch out. Um, I think Alabama's defense has gotten better in the last few weeks. Also, LSU has a plethora, I mean a plethora of injuries on the defensive side of the ball. So, and and I think uh, this is going to be uh, Jane Daniels' most difficult uh, game considering how I think Alabama's defense has improved. So, I like Alabama, minus two and a half. That's my best bet in college football today. So, I want to thank everybody for tuning in, all our special guests, and of course, Harvey and Joe, who are producing the show I got to jump in my car. I'm I've got a long dry, ride home, so uh, so I've got that. But back on tomorrow morning, bright and early, 7 a.m. Fantasy forecast, New York game day with Amani Tumor and Mike Tannenbaum comes your way at 8 a.m. So we'll see you then right here on 98.7 ESPN.